Hi, thank you for joining me for this podcast. I wanted to uh, jump right into the uh, end of the last podcast where the Lord had shared with me this new wineskin that he was releasing for the remnant. And I wanted to kind of dive into it a little bit because I know there's a responsibility that comes with this new wineskin. And the word the Lord gave me was banner of righteousness that was going to be upon the foreheads of the remnant in this time when he releases this breaker anointing to defeat the enemy and the strongholds that are out there right now that are oppressing God's people. And so this is a new anointing, a corporate anointing that has not been released in the earth yet. Uh, and so we have to understand it and we have to understand what it is that we need to do in, to, in order to prepare ourselves to receive this new wineskin. When you go to Exodus 17 and you read about how Joshua defeated Amalek and Amalek came from uh, the, he was the grandson of Esau and Esau is, was later known in time as the Edomites and they had a bitter hatred toward God's people. And this spirit of Edomite or the spirit of Antichrist still exists today. So we're really understanding who our enemy is in this um, passage and also um, God tells us that this enemy is going to be around for generation after generation, but he is going to bring the increase in our generation on this time right now to be able to defeat the multiplicity of this bitter hatred toward God's seed. So right before this happened, uh, the Lord revealed himself in Exodus 15 and 16 as Jehovah Rapha, the mighty healer that took the bitter waters and he made them sweet. And so he was known as the healer, Jehovah Rapha. And then the children of Israel went further on their journey and they were hungry. And so the Lord revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. And he provided manna from heaven and that actually existed for 40 years. And during both of these times also, the children of Israel were completely complaining and they were grumbling and they were running to Moses actually and just, you know, looking to him to be their savior. And Moses would always have to run to the Lord and stand in the gap. He was the intercessor and he would go before the Lord and the Lord would give him instruction for him to obey and to release the miracle provision. Now, um, in all of these um, miracles that the Lord performed during this time, it didn't have anything to do with the people's ability to uh, trust God. It didn't have anything to do with um, their obedience not to complain because God just showed himself faithful in, in doing this. Again, this is before he made the covenant with them at Mount Sinai. And he wanted to court them and he wanted to reveal that he can do this that he himself is going to do this regardless. So we get to this third, um, the, in chapter 17, we get this third manifestation of God's uh, 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 provision, and the children of Israel are thirsty again. And, the, and they started contending with Moses, and, um, and Moses responds to them in verse 4, and he says, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? I can't tell you, I, I always have to stop at that scripture because uh, we tend to do this. We tend to like look to people and like start complaining and grumbling, look to our leaders, uh, wondering, you know, why aren't they doing this or that? Um, and instead, uh, we really need to run to the Lord. He's trying to mature us so that we bypass 
what we've gotten used to and going to the Moseses in our life. And God really wants us to take off these like glasses, you know, of our past where we've like put leaned on our pastors and, and leaders and prophets even to give us a word from God when he really wants to speak to us himself. And so there's still, the children of Israel still haven't matured even through these three, these, these three miracle manifestations. And they were actually wanting to stone Moses at this point because they're angry that they're not um, getting the comforts that they needed. And so the Lord told Moses on verse 5 of 17 to go on before the people and to take some of the elders and take in your hand the rod and strike the river and go. And behold, he says in verse 6, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may may drink. And so Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called that place Meribah because the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? This is a great question to really soul search for us right now, because are we asking that as we're seeing all of these um, evil things happening in our world right now? And we're wondering, where's the Lord? Where's, why isn't Trump doing something? Why aren't, you know, the pastors crying out and telling us things that we need to hear? So it's the same question that, you know, over time, it's the same, it's the same scenario, right? God's people always tend to run away from the Lord and try to find someone to run into his presence for them and bring back the word. So we see that uh, as the children of Israel are um, uh, crying out to Moses, God still blesses them. Now, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because this, these manifestations happen prior to this time of Jehovah Nisi, the banner of righteousness. And the, then when the Lord reveals himself as their defender and the one that will protect him from evil, um, it's the last manifestation that we read in the Bible before they reach Mount Sinai. So the timing of this this man of this breakthrough of defeating the enemy is last prior to this ginormous shift in covenant history where God proposes to a nation and they say I do at Mount Sinai and he reveals himself through thunder lightning and the smoke of his presence and the voice of God that caused the people to tremble. So after the 40 years in the wilderness, because most people know the story that the children of Israel, you know, did say, I do at Mount Sinai, God revealed himself and he gave him the tablets of covenant. And he also um, gave Moses instruction on how to build a tabernacle. He tabernacled with them and he's about ready to give him bring him into the promised land and they still did not believe the word of the Lord when they went over there, when they spied out the land. They came back and they were worried about the giants. And so they came back with a negative report. Kind of sounds similar today. And so then they had to go out in the wilderness for 40 years because the Lord shut the door. 
He said, nope, you can't go in. But even though he shut the door, there was Joshua and Caleb who had to remain in the wilderness with the children of Israel that he was preparing and he was um, teaching them, maturing them in his word, in his law and underneath the uh, leadership of Moses. And then at the end of this wilderness experience, the anointing was going to be released on Joshua when Moses, right before Moses died, and he inaugurates him with the spirit of wisdom and the, and the boldness and the courage and the increase that he would need to go in and to defeat the enemies and to take and subdue the promised land. Now, Joshua, if you read in the book of Joshua, he was the only king in the Bible that we read of that actually defeated all of the kings. So this anointing was amazing and, and, and Joshua would have never been able to do it without that increase. But right before Moses goes in, uh, coming to the, uh, to the end of his, uh, the wilderness and, and we're getting to actually close to the, uh, end of Moses's life. Uh, we read in numbers 20 that the children of Israel are getting close to going back now for the second time to cross into the, to the promised land. It's God's timing to do so. And they're thirsty again. So we find the same scenario where they are crying out to the Lord and they still are stiff necked. They still are stubborn. They're still complaining to Moses and they're contending with him. You would think after 40 years, they would have learned this. But in from Numbers uh, chapter 20 and verse 8, the Lord tells Moses to take up the rod, you and your brother Aaron, and gather the congregation together and speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, most uh, must we bring water for you out of this rock. And then Moses lifted his hand and he struck the rock twice with his rod and water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank it. So the, so the Lord had commanded Moses in this time. It was the same miracle and he had already done it once at Meribah where he turned the bitter water sweet and then at Horeb when he struck the rock and the water sprung out. This was right before um, they had to defeat Amalek. Um, and so now they're 40 years out later and they're about ready to cross into the promised land and we're, we're experiencing the same manifestation where the Lord says, now I'm going to spring that water out but the Lord tells them, this time you're going to speak. But Moses didn't speak. He went back to what he did in the prior 40 years and what, what God showed him, which was to strike the rock. So often the Lord will give us a word. And we will hear the word. And then we will go out to want to go and do the word. But because of what we've been familiar with, we will take our old wineskin and we'll put the new wine in, in this old wineskin. So the new, the word that was fresh, that was the fresh word that the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to speak to the rock. Okay, that's new. But then Moses took his, his experience and what he had, he had previously done 
and how God used him in that way, and he put it in that wineskin. And so what happened then is that he was actually not in a plumb line with the Lord because he was taking God's word and he heard God's word correctly. And he was speaking and he was telling the people what he was going to do, which was totally right. But he didn't follow through with exact instruction on what God had said. And so because of that, the Lord says to him in verse 21, the Lord spoke to him and says, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Now, why is that so important? Because we are in this decade right now of the, the decade of the mouth and the word, the Hebrew word is pay. And it is so, and you can see it right here in this, in this example, right here in Numbers 20, God was trying to show the power of the mouth, the anointed word, not our flesh, not our works, not what we can do in our, in our own self, but the power of his word, which is the sword of the spirit, the word of God, it's just sharper than two any edge um, sword and it cuts and it cuts and it divides soul and spirit. It divides the bone and the marrow. It cuts. And it's and it's a it's a sharp weapon in our hand. But instead, Moses was taking the rod and he was striking it. So he was using the authority that God had given him, and he was misusing his authority. And so he couldn't enter into the promised land. So the body of Christ right now, the remnant, is actually in this story right here. And we have to learn and glean from the mistake that Moses made because we can't put old wineskin in new wine. And so God is asking us to do a couple things. He's asking us to take off our glasses and in the glasses that we've had where we looked and we perceive things a certain way um, because of how they were successful in the past. Or we, we're taking our glasses of theology and, you know, we perceive how things are going to end in the end times. And the Lord's like, take those off too. And we got to take off our party glasses as well. We, we see everything through the party that we align ourselves with, like the Republican and the Democratic Party. And the Lord's like, just take that off too. Okay, because what I want you to do, I want you to take that off because your perceptions of what's happened in this past season are attached to them. And you can align yourself to what happened or what I said in the past, and then you'll take action uh, from what I'm saying now, and you'll align it with the past, and then you will not be in the plumb line, and you will not have the authority then to carry this wineskin that I'm trying to release in the earth right now. And what I need you to do is I need you to put on 2020 vision, which is I'm putting on these spiritual glasses and I'm going, and the only way I can get these glasses on is if I go into the throne and I see what heaven wants me to see. And then I hear what heaven wants me to hear. And if I get this new, the, that 
in into my and I'm wearing these glasses, then I will be able to speak out or do what God's asking me to do in the earth. And it will all be plumb lined. And if it's plumb lined in him, then we're just a witness and a sign. And we're just, we're abiding in that vine. And so his power can flow and his authority can flow from heaven to the earth through these earthen vessels and out of us. And this is how the Lord wants to take this water and let it flood through us. And so I just want to encourage you uh, right now to to read Numbers, uh, Exodus uh, 15, 16, and 17, and, and then go to Numbers 20 and see how uh, Moses is used on the same kind of a miracle at the end of the wilderness experience when they're about ready to step into the promised land. And he, he now can't step into the promised land. It's going to be turned over to Joshua, who has the law of God, but he also has now that ex, that new wineskin, the spirit of wisdom and courage that is necessary and needed to subdue the enemy and to go in with God's rulership. And here's the deal. If you go back to Exodus 19, and I encourage you to read this part too, is that when God made that covenant with the children of Israel, and he literally asked them to marry them. And he told Moses this. He said in verse um, 3, uh, Moses was called up to God, uh, up to the mountain. And the Lord said to tell them this in verse 4, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my special treasure to me above all the people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. And these are the words that Lord is speaking to us right now. If you keep my covenant, and if you obey my voice, you're the one that's going to be the special treasure that God's going to be able to use above all the people right now because the earth is his. And you're going to be a priest unto him and you're going to be this holy nation, the remnant that God's choosing to rise up and to awaken and to go out and to be go into action and to be used by him. And what's interesting about Exodus 19, when God proposed to the children of Israel, the children of Israel actually said, yes, we do. They said they accepted the proposal of marriage. And uh, after that, three days later, uh, you read in verse 16 that the Lord came and, and he came in thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of the trumpet. That was the voice of God Almighty was very loud so that all the people were in the camp. They trembled. They heard the voice of God themselves and they trembled. And so Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain and Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, I mean, God's voice was louder and louder. Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. 
And so what happened is, is that Moses was asked later in the next chat, in the next scripture to uh, go up, you know, Moses went up to the top of the mountain because the Lord called him up there. But the Lord had just proposed to the children of Israel, all of them. And he just revealed his voice to all. He just gave it thunder and his lightning to all. But only Moses went up. Well, why did only Moses go up? Well, we get the answer in Exodus 20. Because in verse 19, it says, They said to Moses, You speak with us and we will hear you. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that, that his fear may be before you. So that you may not sin. And so at the point in this covenant, when the Lord has just asked the people to marry him, they said, we do. And he reveals his whole heart and he reveals his presence and he reveals his voice. The people rejected his voice. And because they rejected his voice, God had to use prophets from there on out to be the voice of God until the restoration of God's voice happened in Acts when God came in the upper room with fire and he wrote his law upon the hearts of those that were in that upper room. And then he started, the fire of God was in their belly and they started all praying in tongues and they had the voice of the Lord then. And then they could hear God's voice for themselves and they could also speak God's voice in themselves. So it was a restoration of this. And, 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 and then the church that, that started went out and multiplied and they didn't have the, you know, the Bible written for them. They just had the Holy Spirit's voice lead the God's voice leading them and his truth written on their hearts. And they would just go speak as the Lord spoke. And then the whole church would multiply and, and, and look what it's happened. It's gone out to the ends of the earth, but somewhere between the beginning of the church and then probably right around the time of the Roman uh, Catholic church that got birthed. Um, we put a man in place like a Moses in place of the, of the Lord that we decided to trust Moses trust the pastor, trust the Pope, put our faith in him because we, we are afraid to go into the presence of God. We drew away from the presence of God, or we just, we wanted to rely on someone else to go and find out what God's saying and bring it back. And so we've had the opportunity to completely rely on the Lord ourselves, but as a culture and a church, we've actually come to a point where we are contending with our leaders and we are um, discontent with what's going on. And so we go to a leader or we go to the prophets or we go to someone else to hear what God wants to say to us instead of going directly up. And God wants us to go directly up. And when we go directly up, then we're getting what he wants us to hear and what he, he wants us to say and do. And then we're plumb lined. And then we're plumb lined. And so then we can um, receive this new wineskin because we don't want to be like Moses where we are working with half truths or we're working with half obedience or new wine and old wine mixed together because we will not gain that authority or we not enter into the promise that God has for us, even in this word that he's revealing about the new wineskin and the anointing that's coming. 
And so I just bless you to just go through the word like I just did and just let the Lord reveal how he wants to restore his voice in the earth right now. And he wants to do it through you as well. And then if you do that, you can see we are on the precipice of entering into the, the millennium and entering into the promised land and where the Holy Spirit is going to use us to help the King of Kings establish his kingdom here on the earth and to bring righteousness in the earth. And he's looking for people that are going to be uh, uh, obedient to his voice because he is the commander in chief and we need to represent him. So I want to bless you with that word today. And we'll pick up on this story uh, in the next podcast.